Hello and welcome to the LYF podcast. This podcast is provided to you by the Love Yourself Foundation, which is an organization here to help spread the message of love and more specifically self-love and the powerful ripple effect that has in not only building better relationships with other people, but ultimately building a more harmonious and stronger connection with Mother Earth. We're here to tell you that we're all one. All living beings are connected to each other, to Mother Earth, to the universe. So we're going to be talking about important topics like mental health, environmental issues, and tying it all back into the self and ways that you can help improve the relationship with yourself to, again, empower yourself so you can empower your community and empower our beautiful planet. If you like what you hear, please hit subscribe. Also, you can check us out on Facebook, Instagram at The LY Foundation. You can also check out our website at thelyfoundation.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the LYF podcast. Monica here, and I'm super excited to have my friend and just fellow heart warrior, musician, just an incredible person in general, Keon, Keon the One. So we're going to be getting to know him, his story, a little bit more about his music, what inspires him and all all the good things. So welcome, Keon. Hello. Hello. Thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure. Yeah, it's wonderful to have you. (laughs) Thank you. Awesome, Keon. So we'll just get to it. So the first question that I love, love to ask people is, what do you love about yourself? And how has that quality helped you overcome difficult moments in your life? That's a really good question. What do I love about myself? I guess I guess the, the perseverance, mm-hmm. you know, the persistence. And it's and it's definitely helped me. I mean, we had a brief conversation before this and I and I told you during the quarantine. You know, there was not even just during the quarantine, like let's just say the past eight years of me doing music, I've literally thought about quitting and like a very, in a very existential way, like God, take music away from me, please. And, you know, the next day I would wake up, I'd be like, okay, never mind. Like, let's, let's keep going. <laughs> and I would, I would just say, I would just say my persistence. I love that about myself. And, um, you know, I'm also my biggest fan as well. You know, there's, there's been many times in my life where uh, during the music, my music career where, you know, what I've done is so different. People don't really know how to react. So sometimes I don't really get much of a response. So I've had to, to give, my, <laughs> give a pat on the back to my own self. Be like, good job, Kian. You know, let's keep going. You know, let's let's continue to do what we were placed here to do and give it our best. Yeah. So that's I would definitely say that is those are my two favorite qualities about me. Mm, I love that. It's so important, you know, like like you said, especially if you don't have that that external validation, be your own validation and your biggest cheerleader. Correct. And it, it's it's been a, quite a journey with that too. Because like I said, uh, you know, this whole past year, as we briefly discussed before this, is it's been about diving into value, the word value, you know, not just value externally, but internally. Where do you place your values or how do you value yourself? You know, it's much like 
it's much like when someone tries to understand the word love, you know, really going beyond just the love that is the default definition of like, you know, romantic love, you know, how many different layers of love, how many different layers of value is there or are there that you can explore, integrate and understand? Absolutely. And I think that's been, yeah, such a uh, teacher and theme really for this year. So it's, it's great that you bring that up. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Mm. And so diving in a little bit even deeper now. So earlier in the year, uh, before the quarantine started, um, Keon actually invited the Love Yourself Foundation, connected, and to be part of this event called The Hero's Journey. And it was amazing. I mean, it's one of the most it's probably one of the most favorite events that myself and the rest of the LAF team, we've just, we were so happy to be a part of. It was so special and unique. And, and ironically enough, and then like a month later, <laughs> the quarantine mm-hmm. started, right? And it, it was suddenly a moment of, of having to remember all the things that we, that we put forward that night. So um, tell us a little bit more for those that might not be familiar with what is a hero's journey. Dive into that a little bit. And then if you want or can, uh, let us know what's the story of that you've, that you've gone through, your own hero's journey, where you've seen that you are your own hero. Yes. So the hero's journey is our individual, unique path towards finding our authentic self, our most authentic self. And during this journey, you know, in the hero's journey, I symbolically represented the journey, the beginning of the journey as a maze, because we really don't know when we're going to find that center because life has its way of, you know, throwing its twists and curves and dead ends and uh, all these different things towards us. So we really don't know how we're going to get there. Mm -hmm. But it's also very simple at the same time, because as soon as you entered that maze, I made sure to put a mirror and it reflected you back to yourself. And in, in the mirror, it said, all the answers that you seek will always be in plain sight. Be present, pay attention, stay alert. And those are, those three are the key, just a nice foundation, you know, for you to, to really understand, uh, or not necessarily understand, but, but move through that maze into its center is always being aware, receptive of everything that is is around us because why this is the journey again to our most to our inmost authentic selves and i believe we always have the answers we always have the answers in one way shape or form it's always right in front of us and the more we choose ourselves our authentic nature our truth Mm -hmm. the more and closer we get to that center And so that is the hero's journey in a nutshell, is finding our truth, our inmost uh, selves. And once we get there, once we find our truth, what I love to say is trust yourself, love yourself, and believe in yourself. Mm. Those are 
the three great tenets of of following and embodying most importantly embodying your own hero you're the hero within each and every one of us and <laughs> this this it's it's been it's been a hero's journey i would say ever since 2016 2016 i had such a vivid awakening experience vivid vivid as no words can even possibly come to describe in this this state of uh ecstasy transcendence lasted not just for a little bit it lasted for two weeks you know and and i was just it was incredible it was it was so seraphic in nature like but afterwards you know whatever ended up happening it went away and my hero's journey has been to get back to that state you know that state of of transcendence where you know when you were there you were living life but you weren't affected by life by the ebbs and flows of life it was tranquil it was peaceful and it wasn't that you know i fav- i've learned not to favor the, that extreme high which is interesting because so 2016 fast forward 2020 i was trying to get back to that extreme high but what ended up happening is in january after sitting with the grandmother medicine she showed me that it's it, she showed me my highest high but then the second day she showed me my lowest low and that is actually how Kion the one was burst is not hey you're not just this up here you're also this these lows that you experience these these ebbs and flows because like i said in 2016 when i had that transcendental experience i was like how can i get back here mm-hmm. you know how can i stay there you know because i think as as human beings we value pleasure so much more we value reward so much more we value the wins so much more than we do the losses and we do the sorrow the sadness you know but sorrow and joy are actually causeless states meaning there's nothing we can do to make them come nothing we can do to make them leave they're causeless they're without cause so nothing you do can cause them and so with that said after i was shown these highs and lows since january 2020 till now it's about bridging the gap hence key on the one key on the one is not just up here i'm not just down here it's this unified being this unified experience mm-hmm. where the highs are not favored over the lows where i'm not afraid to show my heart be vulnerable let people know about the failures about the the stumbles about hardships that i had to overcome to become who i am today so that has been my hero's journey and i'm to this very day continuing to embody that with every single choice every single day continuing to become a more integrated expression of my deepest truths Mm-hmm. Oh, so beautiful. Thank you for sharing. And the vulnerability piece, you know, I think that's something that perhaps this year for a lot of people is like their first time experiencing 
more of those lows and comfortable, you know, at least not running, hopefully not running away or it's because it's been such an opportunity really, especially with people having to stay home and, and not having the same distractions, right, that we normally have. And so I know, you know, from uh, different conversations I've had this year that a lot of people's lives have actually improved um, in a lot of ways. Yes. Um, and it was because of having to face those lows. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, we got ugly. <laughs> we got ugly these past seven months. No joke. But yeah, that's this is, uh, you know, especially September, as we briefly talked about, like Virgo season to the ancients was known as the time of harvest. Why September? Why September? Because Virgo rules everyday life, you know, finding the sacred in everyday tasks, in the smallest details, you know, and, and maybe it was just me, maybe it was a lot of people, but this was the month where I feel like we saw some sort of rewards for, we reaped the spiritual work that we have done these past couple of months. And yeah, hopefully it was worth it for everybody. Yeah. You know? Sure. Oh, it's great. Yeah. And, and, I, and, I, and I think too, like with the search for your authentic self and all of that, it's, yeah, it comes with hard work. You know, it, it is, it's kind of like, um, like a statue and it's getting chipped away, you know, getting refined. And I think that's really what, what the journey is about, right? Just kind of taking away the fluff and refining, really finding that core. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So I'm happy to hear about your your experiences and even um, you know understanding and 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 hearing about the lows that you've had where you even questioned music. But I'm so happy you didn't quit. Oh, thank you. <laughs> me, me too. Trust me. It, it, as I was telling you, you know, this, this these past seven months, going from the hero's journey, what Life Foundation connected and I did. Go from what we did to absolutely nothing. Like you have no idea. That was such a high for me. Such a high. Me too. Yeah. I remember it. It, like, it was like the top. It was like oh my! I felt the euphoria. I just remember yes. it was incredible. Quality event. Something you know. And I, I legit you know asked Phil. He was doing the massage station, and he was like saying some things to me, like. Like he, he looked at me and he said, congratulations here. Like he was playing that role, right? So that's like part of the, ex- part of his experience. He was playing that role where he greets each and every hero after their uh, tiresome journey to like refresh them. And so I love that. And he was saying some stuff and I just started crying. I was like, man, this is all I've ever wanted. You know, this is all I've ever wanted was to create something like this and you know, for it to come together so beautifully with such incredible people. It was such a dream come true. Like all the eight years that I've been doing music and working towards this since 2016, October 20th, 2016, when I started New Eon Entertainment was, I was working towards something like that. And, you know, to, to, to experience such a quality event, such a high, everybody's like talking about it, blah, 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 blah. So much energy. And just three just weeks later, after. boom. <laughs> gone with the wind and and it's and, and it's crazy because i was just i was just like posting all my stories i was like yo i was like you know what success isn't always the greatest teacher either you know success isn't always the greatest teacher but i didn't even know that was like three or four days after the event 
And I was like, three weeks later, everything was gone. I was like, you know, so I definitely, that was, that was part of why, like I experienced such lows because truthfully, like my, whatever, for whatever reason, everyone has something that's important to them. For me, it's, it's just my career. Like what I came to, to give to the world, to give back to the world. And, mm-hmm. you know, for all of that to be gone, it's all good in the hood because yeah. good things happen too. Really good things happen. Mm-hmm. No, I totally understand and empathize. Feel, yeah, it was. It's been a humbling year. It really has been, and it's been really Beautiful cool. Work. It's been really cool too to see how we've all adapted and and are evolving, and and we're we're still growing, right? It's just a different a different way. And uh, but yeah, I'm grateful to to be in it and be in the ride. And like you said, there's still so much beauty that has come through um, during these challenging moments. And, uh, Amen. and I mean, one of the main things is thank God for music and art. And I'm so grateful that you are on that journey, you know, and helping so thank many you. people really. And I mean, it for folks, absolutely. And for people that maybe are new to you, um, I mean, Keon, he puts on, it's so it's so unique. It really is so unique, and it's so beautiful. Just all the different instruments that you use, and I've never heard anybody Thank else you. like you, honestly. So it's just it's amazing yeah. to witness. And um, I appreciate that. Yeah, Thank I love you. it. So tell us a little bit more about that. Like, what? How did it begin? Where did it start? Your your. Uh, I actually. Mm-hmm. Sorry, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, go for Where it. Where to start? What was the that the rest of the question? Just how did it begin for you, like wanting to pursue music and the the particular way that you produce music, the instruments that you use, and and also your intention behind it of 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 wanting to help others. Okay, so I'll give you the full the full shebang. From a very young age, I've always loved to be in the spotlight. You know, I've always loved to be the center of attention. When I was a little kid, you know, this is how it started. I was like in first grade and we'd go to Persian parties and in these Persian parties before, like I would learn jokes, right? I would learn jokes, jokes in Farsi, of course. And, and like 50, 60 people would like gather around. Everyone would be quiet. And I would just start saying these jokes. Everybody would like start cracking up and like, you know, it was so much love and like attention. And I love, I love that, you know, I, mm. I love that. I've, I've like it from a young age, that was so pleasurable to me to be able to, to entertain people and also, you know, you know, make them laugh, whatever, put on an experience, whatever show a show, let's just say put on a show. And, um, you know, fast forward, uh, a little bit more like when I was in also when I was young in Virginia, when I first moved to the States, like they wanted to one of the Persians, he had like a TV station, uh, an Iranian TV station, and he wanted to like feature me and stuff like that. So like in that perspective, right? So wanting to like always put on a show, right? Before even the details came in, like that's where it all really started is wanting to be to have that spotlight and, and put on a show. Fast forward high school, uh, when I was, I think, 17, this high school friend of mine jokingly, he was like, yo, we should start DJing. Like, we should, we should start DJing. And I was like, it's something in me. I was like, okay, like, let's, let's see. Okay, like, let's see what happens. And certain events unfolded where one of my best friends at the time, his brother, 
he had a DJ, like a DJ controller. Mm-hmm. And I would, I would spend a lot of time at his house and, and he had a nice DJ setup. And I would, he's like, you want to come and uh, mess around on the DJ set? And I was like, I was like, hell yeah, let's do it. And I would play and I, I really enjoyed it. I was like, this is like so cool. Like, you felt cool, right? DJing, you felt cool. And it was like, there was some sort of draw to it too. Fast forward a little more, this guy ended up upgrading his, his equipment. And he was just like, you want to just take it and, and just play around with it. I was like, hell yeah, let's do it. And so long story short, again, fast forward a little more, I ended up getting that. Like he ended up giving me that, uh, that uh, DJ controller. <laughs> and I started getting serious. Like when I was a senior in high school, I started getting serious the summer before my senior year. And then I connected with, yeah, the summer before my senior year, I connected with other like high school DJs, mainly uh, this, this two of my friends, two of my friends. Uh, and one of them, his name was CJ the DJ. And uh, we started connecting and, and he started getting gigs, right? Me and him were like so adamant about like really pursuing DJing. We're like, dude, let's get gigs. Let's make money. So we made a demo tape, each of us. We made a demo tape. My demo tape, I still have it. And uh, I'm willing to share even my DJ name for, for shits and giggles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and don't make fun of me. And I know this might come back and kind of bite me in the butt, maybe in the future. <laughs> but, you know... I was a football player and I used to lift a lot and I was, I was really bulky and this wasn't given to me. This, I mean, I didn't choose this nickname. The nickname was given to me uh, from my best friend. Mm -hmm. Uh, He started calling me this. So I was like, yeah, I think, I think that sounds good. Let's, let's go with it. He called me DJ muscle. And so (laughs) that was, that was my, that was my nickname. That was my DJ name was DJ muscle. And uh, you know, whatever. And I, I, I did EDM music, right? So that was like my first influence was electronic dance music, like electro house specifically. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we made the demo tape. We also had like a side gig. He was like a resident DJ at Club Frozen, which was like the team oh nightclub. <laughs> yeah. And I was, I like, I hopped on with him and uh, I played with him. And so we were kind of DJing. He was like more like the popular, you know, top 40 type vibe. I was more like the electronic music type vibe. And we were playing there and we started giving out our demos. We went to Fashion Show Mall. We started giving everybody our our demo tapes, blah, 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 blah. Like nobody called us, of course, whatever. But what changed everything was this, was when I told my dad, he was just like, he knew what I was doing. He was like, hey, I have a, DJ friend. He's also Persian. He's, he was big in the underground scene. He toured the world. You know, do you want me to give your demo to him? And I was like, yeah, let's do it. So everything changed when this guy called me to talk about, you know, just give me feedback. Mm-hmm. And he talked to me. He was like, hey, I liked it. You know, he gave me some advice here and there. But he's like, hey, but listen, if you want me to be really honest, DJing has its limits. And I already felt that. He said, if you want to know where the real money is at, I would start producing. I would start producing. And something inside me really resonated with that at the time. And of course, it was, like I said, the core was the spotlight, you know, mm-hmm. this, the core was, was the spotlight. Like, okay, like this sounds good. Like he says, you'll be, you'll be more well-known if you produce and you produce more good music, good music, you'll make more money and stuff like that. And I was like, okay, 
this sounds good to me at 18. And I was like, let's do it. He gave me a book. He said, read this book. And he gave me the book, bought the book, senior in high school. I remember in, in math class, while everybody was, you know, listening, I would just be reading, you know, and shout out to the, to the homie in front of me. I don't condone, condone this in any way, but he would help me out. Like <laughs> on tests, I'd be like, I'd be like, bro, I, I didn't pay attention. He's like, no, dude, don't worry. You know, do your thing. Study. I got you. Like do your thing. Read your book. I got you. And we had our whole system, whatever. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, the rest is really history. You know, I read it. I really got involved. I started, uh, I was working for my father at the time. I saved a bunch of money. I got machine, Native Instruments machine, which is this beat pad. And that the rest is really history. And uh, yeah, and I literally have the first song I ever created. And I have, and it's so interesting. And I have, you know, obviously what I have now. So I can always like compare the two. It's such an interesting journey. Yeah, the rest was history. And uh, started getting really deep into to music, into production. Mm-hmm. At uh, 19, around 19 or 20, I decided to get really serious, got myself uh, professional piano lessons. And I played piano, professional piano, until I was like 25 and a half, uh, 25, I would say. And uh, really, you know, gained that skill set and uh, started learning uh, music theory, composition. Uh, and then when I was like 22, I started taking Santour lessons, which is the, my main instrument that I play, which I randomly just got, you know, when I was around 19 or 20 as well. I randomly just got it. No, it was, it's a Persian instrument and I'm Persian. So I just decided to get it. I was getting a bunch of instruments. Right now I own nine different instruments, at least eight or nine different instruments from all over the world. But that was the one that stuck. Mm -hmm. And the reason for that was, uh, you know, in at CSN, when I was attending community college, um, there was a talent show. And I wanted to, to participate in this talent show. But I was like, how can I make myself so unique, so different? And what I ended up doing at around 20 was uh, 19, I would say 19 or 20. I took the Santor and I made this like really drony type intro with like a drop, like a hip hop drop. And so I just, you know, combined the two. It was so spontaneous. And uh, I performed at the talent show. Uh, sadly, I didn't win, even though I should have. <laughs> but but that's uh, that's it. And that's where that started. So that kind of evolved these past like six years. That sound has really refined itself and evolved. And like I said, doing the Santour lessons at 22, starting that, my, my teacher, he's an incredible teacher, you know, and he just whipped me into shape. And yeah, like I said, the rest is... Mm-hmm. history it's just it's and to even dive a little bit more deep you know spirituality played a huge role mm-hmm. in it because it wasn't just going to be music right anybody can just make a beat but there are very few people who have the intention of creating a transformative experience with the music and this this all while I was going through my undergrad all these philosophies changed, you know, uh, from a business perspective, from a spiritual perspective, all these things kind of combined. And that's how I would ultimately describe my music is a combination of the new 
the cool, the hip, and the old, the traditional, uh, and the you know foundation, foundational things that uh, you know just bringing both of these together. So yeah, I love it. No, it's it is. It's such a it's such a unique combination, and it's uh, and what I love about it is that you really do feel the intention that you have of healing, of helping others and, and really allowing people to reflect on their life. When you're hearing your music, there's a, just, there's something so special about it. And um, so tell us a little bit more about that, like the the spiritual aspects. You're also a Reiki master. So yeah, share a little bit about that. Absolutely. Spirituality. So there were, there were several women figures who came into my life who really transformed the way that I approach my career because at first it was about the money and the fame and these these kinds of very superficial things those granted it's not like those things are like completely out of the picture you know we all we all strive for i believe some sort of uh material you know gratification uh, on one some level but one specific individual, she told me, she was like, she was like, your career will not be what it's going to be without your enlightenment, without you understanding what this all is. And I took that to heart. And she was one of the ones who led me, who, who my interaction with her inspired towards that great awakening I had in 2016. And, um, yeah. And so basically what ended up happening is, is I was initiated into the mysteries of sound and vibration and music ultimately to really understand how can you create change with this tool? Mm. How can you create change with this tool? Because ultimately, yes, I consider myself a musician, a record producer, but on the, the big picture is this. It's that music is a tool for me to create this change. Because as at a young age, I've always known that I came here to contribute to the evolution of our consciousness of whatever. Contribute, move things forward in some way. And that really translated into my music, into what I came here to, to offer, to give. And, you know, studying, you know, so f- when you receive ranking, uh, you're, you're basically, you're, your energy field is expanding. Like your chakras in your hand, they open. So anything you touch, anything you interact with, you're exchanging that energetic signature that we all have. So that definitely, that's also what initiated me into into the deeper aspects of music where you understand the deepest aspect where you understand it's not just the mathematics of music it's not just understanding music and the psychology psychological effects that it has on people but it's also the musician itself that is the vessel for these energies to come through Mm-hmm. Right. You don't sit there and you don't analyze inspiration and you're just like, okay, like my body wants to do these succession of notes. You don't ask, sit there and ask why you just become that vessel. 
right? And in order to become that vessel, you have to really dive deep into yourself, really dive deep into yourself, go into your lowest lows, find your highest highs and bring them together Mm -hmm. so that you absolutely trust yourself, love yourself, and you believe in yourself to follow your authentic truth Mm -hmm. and become that vessel, not just in music, right? So that's, that's like, this is like a, any kind of, any kind of endeavor that we are out to do. And, you know, the, the idea of, you know, conscious businesses is another part of it. And, you know, conscious relationships, all these require the same type of framework is to, you know, understand, you know, what is between each and in each individual, what is, you know, being exchanged and just really, you know, letting yourself be the, the vessel for truth to flow between each and every interaction to create the greatest change possible. So hopefully that answers your question. I know yes. I went super philosophical. No, I love it. Super that's, that's what I wanted. <laughs> that was beautifully said. And um, I love it. It's so true. And everyone, you know, when I, what I want people to always understand is that no matter what your, your craft is, like you are, you're here for a reason, you know, whatever it is. And uh, we're all vessels of change. Amen. So thank Absolutely. you for, for, for stating that. I, I, I love, I firmly believe what, everything you've said and, and stand by it. So thank you. Beautiful. <laughs> But um, but wonderful, Ken. So let's let's talk a little bit again um, back to this year. So you know, it's obviously been very turbulent <laughs> to say the least. So what what has helped you to stay balanced through it? Man, really, really trying to integrate the fact that not life is not always going to be a high, right? It, it, and that's but that's the thing, like. You know, in, in such a, it's so funny you say that, how to stay balanced, right? Because balance, staying balanced implies you are in between two polar opposites or two different sides, right? So, so it's really coming to the understanding and integrating the understanding that this is just how the physical earth plane works is through these opposites, right? You go through sorrow. In my, in my book, In Silence, I say, what is sorrow but the emptying that receives joy, right? So you have to work understanding that, that this side is just as important as this side, you know, and understanding that going through periods of darkness or sadness is just making room Mm-hmm. For us to be catapulted to this other side of joy, that's yeah, that's that's what's really helped me stay balanced. Now, is it easy? Hell no. Like, <laughs> like you know, you know, like you could say, you could say all you want. Like you can, you know, say all these spiritual things. Oh, like it's all one, or you know, blah 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 blah, whatever. But it, it just doesn't make it any easier, and it, and sometimes it doesn't even help because you're in the midst of the shit, and you're like, why do I? I don't care about that. Exactly you know, that idea sucks. or belief. <laughs> you know, like like you can, you know, whatever. So uh, that's that's it. That's how I that's how I stay balanced in between. Is 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 
trying to, and not just trying, like really waking up every day open to whatever that day has in store, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Open, open. Absolutely. I love it. And and now for folks that are listening, what is something you can tell people to, to help them stay, you know, if they're struggling right now, but to to help them stay inspired or or have that hope or that not lose out not lose out to the the optimism that could be in the future. It reminds me, I don't know, there's uh Dina Washington. It's magic, right? How else can I explain the rainbow when there is no rain? That's it. Mm. How else, how else, Mm. how else can I explain the rainbow when there is no rain? It's magic. Mm -hmm. And I know it's very simple. It's very simple, but that was, Mm -hmm. yeah, that's what came to mind. Mm -hmm. That's what came to my heart. When I when you said that, I love it. That's gonna stay with me. <laughs> Beautiful, good, awesome, Kiamo. Before we sign off, tell us a little bit about what we're gonna feature after the uh, the interview. This is what we're gonna feature, okay? And and this is totally like on the spot. I'm going to read a chapter or two from my newest book, In Silence, a mystical narrative about the power and nature of truth. And what I did with this book is very special. I created an hour-long book soundtrack. The book is only 25 pages long. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to read a chapter or two of my own selection and probably going to be five minutes, you know, five minutes. And I'm going to read it on top of the uh, meditation book soundtrack that I created. I love it. So perfect. Beautiful. <laughs> so tell tell people how can they find you, um, what platforms they can find you and all the good stuff. The best place is my website. And I definitely prefer people go to my website than any third party platform. And that's what I've done these past past since April, since I relaunched the brand. ww.com keyontheone.com k-i-a-n-t-h-e-o-n-e once again www.keyontheone.com and honestly you know the other platforms that i'm active on is youtube and instagram and uh you can find both of those links on my website too like my website is literally a one-stop shop for everything and uh sign up for my email list and Tons of good, tons of goodies on there. And I can, well. and obviously they can get the book off your website. And and the, yes, mm-hmm. yes, you can get seven, seven, seven Tree Hill and I's album that was released April first, and you can get in silence on the website. Mm, beautiful. Well, thank you so much, Keon. This was amazing. Always love connecting with you. My heart always feels very full. So thank you for spending time with me. Likewise. Likewise. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you, Monica. Of course. And for folks listening, be sure to stick around and listen to um, Keon um, reading some chapters from his book. So yeah, I know. Thank you, everybody. And thank you again, Keon. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.
surrender onto silence. 